Hello and welcome to the VIP Fitness Podcast. My name is Victoria and my aim is to help you understand the mechanics of fat loss and maintenance and then to help you implement this understanding with your own fat loss and maintenance journey. I'll provide you with information, hints, tips, tricks and hacks that you can pick and choose from to use in your day-to-day life. If you want more information or you'd like to speak to me about coaching, you can find me on Instagram at VIP Fitness Coaching. Thanks for listening today. I really appreciate it. If you do enjoy what you've heard, I'd appreciate it if you could share, follow, review, rate, all of that good stuff that podcasts ask you to do. Thank you for your time. Hello and welcome back to the VIP Fitness Podcast. Today's episode is all about calories and how calories affect your weight loss, your maintenance, everything to do with your diet. To start with, what is a calorie? A calorie is a unit of energy that's used in nutrition to work out how much energy the food that you're eating will give you. For men, it's generally recommended by the NHS that men have a maintenance calorie amount of about 2,500 a day, and women about 2,000 per day. Now, this can vary quite drastically dependent on things such as your height and your weight, which is like your overall mass. That's how much of yourself you're carrying around in the world. Your activity levels. So, for example, a very active man, a man who does like triathlons, marathons and all of that, will have a much higher calorific need than a very small petite woman who has a very sedentary desk job. The calorie difference between those two individuals will be massive. So the maintenance for one will be very different to the maintenance for another. When we look at calories in food, food is made up of three macronutrients. It's made up of carbohydrates, protein and fats. And then you've also got lots of other little like micronutrients as well in amongst that. So these three macronutrients have different calorific values. One gram of carbohydrates will contain four calories. One gram of protein will also contain four calories. However, one gram of fat will contain nine calories, which is almost twice the amount. No, it's not. It's more than twice the amount. I can't do maths today. More than twice the amount of carbohydrates and proteins. So this is one of the reasons why when people are looking at their diet and things to cut out, often fats is one of the things that they will reduce because it is easier to reduce calories by reducing fats because there's more than double the amount. This is another reason why if you're tracking, it's very important to measure carefully oils, nut butters, anything with a very high fat content because the margin of error is much smaller than for if you were measuring, say, lettuce or something very low calorie made up of mostly carbs. Now, the other thing to note is alcohol. It's not a macronutrient, but it does have its own calorific profile. Generally, one gram of alcohol is considered to be around seven calories. So it's more than carbs and protein, but less than fat. To take some various foods into consideration, 100 grams of broccoli contains roughly 6.6 grams of carbohydrates, 2.8 grams of protein, and 0.4 grams of fat. 100 grams total equates to 34 calories. Now this is quite low because 
There's very small amounts of fat in broccoli, but also broccoli is made up of a lot of water. Then moving on to potatoes, 100 grams of potatoes contain 17.5 grams of carbohydrates. So that's three times the amount of your broccoli. It contains 1.8 grams of protein and 0.1 grams of fat. But because that amount of carbohydrate is so much more than the broccoli, 100 grams of potatoes contains 81 calories, which is a lot more than the broccoli. Looking at a protein source now, like chicken breast, 100 grams of chicken breast contains no carbohydrates, 22.5 grams of protein and 2.6 grams of fat. And that 100 grams is equal to 120 calories. So as you can see, the fat has gone up by 2.5 grams and the protein has gone up also, which is why the calories increased on the chicken breast. And like I say, all of these amount are for 100 grams. 100 grams of olive oil, so now we're looking at an almost pure fat here, has zero carbs, zero protein and 92 grams of fat. That other eight grams is probably water. And for 100 grams of olive oil, you're looking at 824 calories. And that's because, like I say, 92% of that is pure fats. And then looking at a slightly more balanced source, you've got cheddar. So 100 grams of cheddar, the protein and the fats are roughly equal on that. So you've got 1.7 grams of carbs, 25.3 grams of protein and 33 grams of fat and that comes out at 417 calories. So as you can see, the various macronutrients within an item of food will affect its calorific value. Items of food that have got more carbohydrates and more protein in them will be on the lower end. Items with more fats in them will be on the higher end. Things with carbohydrates in them also tend to contain a fair bit of water. The clue is in the name, carbohydrate. You've got hydra in there, that's water. So your vegetables and fruits and things, although they do have a lot of carbs, they're quite low in calorie because a lot of what they're made up of is also water. And then amongst all that, you've got all your micronutrients as well, like your vitamins and your minerals, but they don't tend to affect the calorific value. Now, the way calories are worked out in food is using a special piece of equipment called a bomb calorimeter. I can't say the word bomb calorimeter. Now, this is a very technical scientific piece of equipment used in laboratories. The food is put into the bomb calorimeter and it is burnt to an absolute crisp. Every little bit of energy is burnt out of that food. All that's left at the end of it is like a tiny pile of ash. They use heat and water temperature and they take measurements from that and that's how they work out the calorie amount of food. Obviously, humans are not bomb calorie meat. Oh, I'm going to really struggle with this word. Humans are not machines. We break things down in a very different way. We don't necessarily get all of the calories. What this relates to is calorific availability. So all of these calories in food, we can't actually access all of these calories. When you're looking at very refined sugars, very simple, non-complex sugars, like basically pure sugar, syrups, corn syrup, that kind of thing, and also fats, the calorific availability of these kinds of foods is very high. We can get a lot of the calorie amount out of these foods, whereas protein and fibrous carbohydrates have a much lower availability. We don't get as many of the calories from these foods. Now to break that down more scientifically, 
your simple carbohydrates, so this is more your your easy sugars, your syrups, you will get about 95% of the calories from those food. Whereas whole grain carbohydrates, so carbs where you've still got a lot of the fibre and all of that kind of thing with it, you only get about 90% of the calories. So to lay that out, if you had two slices of bread, one white slice, one wholemeal slice, you would get more of the calories from the white slice than you would from the whole grain slice. But the difference is not huge. There's only 5% in it. So it's not really something that you would need to worry about when looking at your diet. Looking at fats, pure fats, we're able to get 98% of the calories from fats. It's very easy for our bodies to get those calories, which is again why fats are a good place to look when you're trying to cut some calories from your diet. Because of the high availability, when you cut those calories out, it is easier to bring down your daily calorie amount. At the bottom end of this, you've got proteins. For proteins, we only get around 70% of the calorific availability from protein. So that chicken breast that I mentioned earlier, the 100 grams of chicken breast that has 120 calories, I'm not going to be able to do the maths on this, so I'm going to get my calculator out. Okay, so that chicken breast, 120 calories, 70% of that is calorifically available to us. So we would get about 84 calories from that 100 grams of chicken breast. However, this is not an exact number and some people will be more efficient than others in calories out of food. It's gonna depend on how quickly you digest your food, what you're eating that chicken breast with. There's a lot of factors that affect this. So it's not something that you want to be taking into account when looking at your daily calorie needs. To break carbohydrates down even further, we have to consider fibre. The fibre in food is counted under the carbs and there are two main types of fibre. There's soluble fibre and insoluble fibre. Soluble fibre dissolves in water and it goes into your gut and it's digested by gut bacteria. And the US FDA estimates that we get about two calories per gram of fibre. So we don't get the full four that we would get from carbohydrates, but we do get some. And then the other kind of fibre, insoluble fibre, that goes straight through us. We cannot digest that. When you see things like sweet corn coming out the other end, that's parts of the sweet corn that are completely insoluble. And so we cannot digest them. So this is where calorific availability is important because that bomb calorimeter will have taken the sweet corn and completely burned all of the calories out of it. However, your body, when you're eating the sweet corn, will not be able to do that because it's unable to break down that insoluble fibre. This is why when you're planning your diet, if you base it around a lot of high fibre, whole grain, fruits, vegetables and proteins you're going to get a lot of good food volume, a lot of micronutrients, a lot of protein, things that are really good for your body. And the calories, not necessarily all of them are going to be available to you, but you are going to feel full. And then as well, it's really important to consider fats because your body does need fats for just general health. And looking at the Mediterranean diet, which is obviously very heavy in olive oil, fats and oils are good for you. So it's not a good idea to cut them out completely. And for some people, they do actually do better on a higher fat diet because the fats do make you feel satiated. These are just things for you to consider when you're looking at your diet plan and how they might affect you. Now, the food volume, 
when you're looking at that in more detail, if you were to imagine uh, feathers and lead. So when we talk about weight and volume, they're two different things. So if you imagined a kilogram of feathers, you're going to have a lot of feathers in your arms. You're going to have like a big bucket load of feathers that are going to weigh one kilogram. This is like your voluminous foods. Your voluminous foods, you can eat a lot of them, but they don't have a lot of calories. Whereas lead, you only need a very small piece of lead to make one kilogram. And this is related to your very low volume, high calorie foods. So this is like your very processed foods, heavy in fats. You don't need a lot of them to get that calorie. Looking at how many calories you need. There's a couple of ways to work out how many calories you need. The NHS guidelines suggest that women should have 2,000, men should have 2,500. But this doesn't take into account the variabilities in people's sizes, their exercise activity, how sedentary their job is, lots of things. A good way to work out where you think you should be with your calories is to use some online calorie calculators. But this is just to get to a starting point. You put in your height, your weight, your activity levels, and it will churn out a number saying this is how many calories you need on a daily basis. Some of these calculators are quite good. They will give you a sensible number. Some of them are quite bad and they will give you a very unusually low or unusually high number. And again, they use different algorithms. Some will say that high activity level is four workouts a week. Some will say that it's seven workouts. Some will say that you need to do 5,000 steps a day to be active. Some will be more. They all use different measures. The best calorie calculator is in fact your body. What to do when you're starting to work out your calories is to pick a sensible number, do a couple of the calculators, see what comes out, take an average, start with a sensible number. A general guideline for a woman, I would say maybe start at around 1,800 and just see where you are and see if you can stick to 1,800 calories a day averaged over a week and see if you can stick with that for two to three weeks. If after two to three weeks you find that you are losing weight, this would suggest that that number is a deficit number for you. And that's great. You can just carry on at that number and you will continue to lose weight so long as you keep up with other things. If you find that your weight stays the same, this is also good. It means you found your maintenance calories. So for your lifestyle, the way it is at the moment, the amount of activity you do, that 1,800 calories is the right amount for you. And then for some women, especially if you're very small, very petite and quite sedentary, that 1,800 might actually be a surplus for you. And you might find that over two or three weeks, you start to gain weight a little bit. And at that point, you might look at your lifestyle, see if you can increase your activity or potentially bring your calories down. But the best way to figure it out is to look at yourself, your body, set an amount, set calorie target, stick to it for a little while and just see what happens and then adjust from there. The key to all of this is to think long term, not short term. Short term changes in your calorie targets, they're not going to get you anywhere, you're going to be running in circles, you could potentially end up in a binge restrict cycle where you're eating very little calories on a few days and then getting over hungry and eating a lot of calories on another day and never really knowing where you are with it. It's best to find where you're at, stick to that and then put it to the back of your mind and just get on with your life and allow the fat loss to come whilst you're still hitting all your targets. When you're thinking about 
fat loss, maintenance, muscle gain, what calorie targets do you want? If you're looking to lose about one pound of fat per week, that's going to work out as roughly a 3,500 calorie deficit over the week which is about 500 calories a day. So if your maintenance calories are around the 2,000 mark, as the NHS says, bringing that down to 1,600, 1,500 will put you in that 500 calorie deficit per day. Again, this depends on your activity levels, how sedentary you are, your starting weight, your starting height. If you are wanting to maintain, then you just eat the same number of calories that you burn on a daily basis. And if you're looking to gain muscle, it's probably better to be in a slight surplus rather than a big surplus. Putting on muscle weight takes a lot longer than losing fat weight. So if you're in a 500 calorie surplus trying to build muscle, you won't just be gaining muscle. You'll be gaining a lot of fat as well along with that, which for a lot of people, that's not what they want to do. They just want the muscle, not the fat. So you're better off being in like a slight surplus of around, say, 100 to 200 calories a day. Another key point to all of this is keeping your NEAT, your non-exercise activity stable. What can tend to happen when you're in a calorie deficit is that your body will try to adapt by making you move less because it thinks it's getting less calories, it's going to make you want to move less. And I'll talk about this a bit more a bit later on. So managing your calories, how do you manage your calories? I'm going to break it down three different amounts just as a suggestion, but you might want to change this based on how you live your day-to-day life. If you're on 2,000 calories a day, what that could look like is having 600 calories at breakfast, 600 at lunch, 600 at dinner tea time, and then you've got an extra 200 to play around with if you wanted some snacks or for your drinks, like if you're having milk and coffee and things, or if you wanted to make one of your meals slightly bigger, you could add that extra 200 onto one of your meals. If you prefer to have a smaller breakfast, if you don't like eating a lot in the morning, you could have just a 300-400 calorie breakfast and use those calories later on in the day and have a bigger lunch or a bigger dinner. If you're on, say, 1,800 calories a day, you could split it down into 500-500-500 with an extra 300 to play with. And if you're on 1,600 calories a day, you could break it down into 450, 450, 450 with an extra 250 to play with for snacks and things. But again, this is very personal. So if you like to have a big breakfast and a small lunch, you might want to stack some of your calories early on. If you don't like eating early in the morning, you might want to have something very small like a protein yogurt or a protein shake or a smoothie and save your calories for later on. It's very personal and very dependent on you and your lifestyle. What I would say is that it's best not to skip meals. If you skip meals, you run the risk of your hunger really ramping up. So for example, if you had a 500 calorie breakfast and you missed lunch, and decided, well, I can have a thousand calories at tea time. That sounds good in theory, but what could happen is you get to dinner time and you're so hungry for food that you have your 1000 calorie meal, but you just don't stop. You have the meal and then you have a pudding and then you're snacking throughout the evening just because your hunger levels were so high by the time you got to your dinner that you're then unable to stop eating. So it is a good idea to eat regularly throughout the day so that your hunger levels don't get too extreme. If this is all very, very new to you and you've never really considered calories or what it means, it might be worth looking at tracking for a little while using one of the apps you can use my fitness pal or nutricheck and just see 
where are you at with your calories? Because what can happen sometimes is that some people can say, and I hear this quite a lot, I eat really well. And what they mean by that is they eat a lot of healthy foods. They use olive oil, not butter. They have avocados. They have peanut butter on wholemeal toast. But what they don't take into account is necessarily the amount of food they're eating. Because it's healthy, they don't consider that they're eating a lot of it. Or the fat contents, because coconut oil, avocados, olive oil, all of that, they do contain a lot of calories. So even though they're eating really well, they're still eating quite an excess of calories. So it is quite helpful if you think you're eating really well, just to spend a couple of days plugging it into my fitness pal or whichever app just to see how well you're eating within your calorie needs if you don't like tracking if you find using an app to track calories and all of that is just not your thing it's too much hard work you just don't want to be messing around with apps all day what you can do is you can do yourself a meal plan now i'm not talking about a meal plan that you would get from an online program or anything like that i'm talking about a meal plan that you make for yourself So you can pick yourself like three or four breakfasts that you like, three or four lunches that you like, and then work out your evening meals. And so if you know I've got three or four breakfasts and I know they're about 500 calories, I have these three, four or five things for lunch and they all work out about 500 calories. You can build yourself your own personal meal plan and you know that you are roughly hitting the right amount of calories per day because you know how many calories are in those meals that you've planned for yourself. Eating a lot of high volume food, like I've said earlier, good protein sources, lots of fibre, this is going to help you feel full up. So if you think about comparing, say, two chocolate bars like a Snickers or a Mars, two of those are going to have about 400 calories in them all together but you've got two average sized chocolate bars. They don't take up a lot of room. They're not going to take up a lot of room in your stomach either. Compare that to a big plate of vegetables with some chicken and some potato on the side. That's going to take up a lot more room on the plate. It's also going to take up a lot more room in your tummy. So you're going to feel fuller. So high volume, protein, fiber, veg and fruit is much better than ultra processed foods. So ultra processed foods are generally very easy to digest. The calories in them are very easily available. They've got a lot of high sugar. They don't take up a lot of space. It's very easy to overeat on these kinds of foods. But if you enjoy them, don't cut them out completely. Just maybe limit how many you have. It's not about saying no to these foods and cutting them out entirely. It's just about being sensible with the amounts that you're having. Another thing that you can do is if you know that you've got a big meal out at the weekend or a special event planned or something is you can bank your calories throughout the week because it is really more of a weekly average than a day to day target. The best thing to do with this is to save 100, 150 maybe up to about 200 calories a day in the lead up to the big event. So for example, if I was going out for a big birthday celebration on a Saturday night, on Monday through to Friday, instead of eating 1800 calories a day, I would maybe eat uh, 1600 calories. And then over those five days, I've saved myself a thousand calories. So if I want to have some pudding, some drinks, whatever with my big meal on the Saturday, 
I know that I've got an extra thousand calories that I've saved during the week and I can use them on that Saturday night and I can still enjoy myself and I'm still sticking to my goals. I wouldn't advise banking anything more than that. Roughly 10 to 20% is the absolute maximum because then you start to get into a bit of a binge restrict cycle if you're not careful where you're again eating very low calories during the week and then blowing it all on the weekend which is what we've said you want to avoid doing. You want to move away from that kind of mentality. Now I mentioned earlier about reducing your activity levels and this is often what people talk about when they're mentioning things such as metabolic adaptation and starvation mode. Metabolic adaptation and starvation mode are not actual things that happen to your metabolism, it's just an adaptation that your body's making in response to the lowered calorie amounts. So your body is not getting more efficient and using less calories, it's that your brain is telling you to move less. So if you were moving the same amount as you were on the higher calories, you would carry on losing the weight and dropping fat. However, our brains are very smart. They have a lot of things going in the background that we're not aware of. If you start to lose fat, lose weight, your body starts to think, well, I don't like this because this is our energy stores. We've put this energy aside if you need it in future and now you're getting rid of that energy we want to store that energy back up again so your body starts to send out signals for you it starts to ramp your hunger up a little bit maybe but also it encourages you to move less so you might find yourself less inclined to go out for a walk in an evening you're more likely going to take the escalator or the lift instead of the stairs it even goes to the extent of you start blinking less because your body is doing all these little adaptations to try to save energy and this is why you'll be given a step target if you're on like a weight loss plan it's to make sure that your activity levels still stay at the same level and a good way you can test this is by getting a backpack say you've been on a fat loss plan already and you've lost some weight you've lost five kilograms if you take a backpack and put a five kilogram dumbbell in that and go for a walk and see how that feels it will probably feel harder the walk carrying that weight with you on the walk will feel harder because you've had to use more energy to move that weight around. So when you lose fat from your body, you do become a bit more efficient because you're having to move less. And this is just something natural that happens as you lose weight. It might be that your weight loss calories start to become a bit closer to your maintenance calories. So combined, the weight loss combined with lowered activity can bring you out of a calorie deficit. And this gets you into a bit of a nasty spiral of constantly lowering calories, which you don't want to do. And that's where people end up on 1200 calories a day. It's not sensible. It's not good for you long term. So you are best off maintaining your activity levels in a sensible calorie deficit. And that's what will get you the results long term. Now, final point to mention is just about an easy win. So if you're looking for something really easy to get started on, if you want to lose fat, you don't really know what to do with your diet, you're still trying to get your head around the calories and all of that. First of all, I'd say get yourself a coach. That's something I can really help you with. But as a quick, easy win, have a look at the liquid calories in your diet, because this is the easiest place to cut calories without affecting really your hunger levels or the way you feel. Look at soda. If you're drinking fizzy drinks, are you drinking the diet versions? That's an immediate amount of sugar that you're going to cut out of those drinks. So switch from Coke to Diet Coke, Fanta to Diet Fanta or Coke Zero or Pepsi Max, basically the non-sugar variants. Fruit juices, 
if you're having a lot of fruit juice like apple juice orange juice or you're making your own juices what you're basically doing with these is you're getting all of the sugar you're getting a lot of the nutrients as well you're getting all of the sugar but none of the fiber and because this has been processed it's going to be very easily available it's easy simple sugars your body's going to take all of those calories in doesn't really fill you up so fruit juices look at maybe having squash or water or just anything else that's not fruit juice and then finally alcohol alcohol is a very easy win maybe look at cutting down how often you drink alcohol how much you drink in a sitting or if you fancy trying one of the cold turkey stoptovers or in january having a dry january this is a very very easy win in terms of cutting out calories i realize i've waffled on a bit this one has gone on a lot longer than usual and there's a lot of information there if you need help with implementing any of this if it sounds like it's something that really appeals to you it sounds like you really want to get on board with looking at your calories but you don't know where to start and you need help i'm more than happy to help with coaching you can contact me on my instagram page at vip fitness coaching any questions anything like that please feel free to message me thank you very much for your time and attention today I hope that some of what I've said today has been helpful. If you want any more information on anything I've covered, or if you'd like to speak to me about nutrition and fitness coaching, you can find me on Instagram at VIP Fitness Coaching. Please feel free to drop me a message. I'd be happy to respond to anything you want to talk about. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.